Eagle Pass, Texas, inundated this morning with one of the largest mass illegal crossings we have ever seen at the southern border. Fox News drone images showing a massive line in the river and on U.S. soil as thousands crossed illegally in a span of roughly two hours, nonstop. Hola, de donde son? The illegal immigrants were predominantly adult men from Venezuela, with many of them telling us they arrived in northern Mexico via train and walked an hour to the border to cross in a huge mess all at once as the Mexican military watched without taking any action. The masses of migrants then waited under the international bridge for processing, a strikingly similar scene to what was seen in Del Rio, Texas, exactly two years ago when thousands of Haitians crossed illegally. The mayor of Eagle Pass, a border city of 30,000, has now declared an emergency in his city, and he's stunned by what he saw today. He's now calling on the Biden administration to change course. Let these people know that we're a nation of laws. People can't just come in like this. Right now, you see all thousands of people coming in without consequence. And, and the word's getting out. They cross here, the word gets out back in their countries, and they, they keep coming. Why? Because there's no consequences to, to coming in here illegally. Meanwhile, more migrants may be on the way. New video from Mexico's southern city of Tapachula shows masses of Haitians rushing and almost stampeding a refugee center as they demanded expedited visas to travel to the U.S.-Mexico border. The trampling left two people hospitalized. And CBP sources tell us as of this morning, there had been over 45,000 migrant encounters in the last five days. That's a staggering average of 9,000 per day, and it doesn't include the thousands who crossed illegally here in Eagle Pass today. We'll send it back to you. All right, that was Bill Malugin of Fox News, and uh, I know we've been hearing for a long time how bad things are at the border, and your ears get dull, tired of hearing, and especially if you don't live in New York or Chicago or some of the areas where you're actually seeing the flood of illegal immigrants, you can tend to put that on the back burner and not think about it. But I'm here today to tell you that we have reached critical mass the urgency has never been greater, and there's never been a greater need for you to know because this is really our last chance. I mean that, our last chance to actually stop this before our country just falls uh, to the sheer number and volume of people invading our country. We're going to talk about that today, and so please stay tuned. This is Sandy Rios of Sandy Rios 24-7, and thank you for listening. I want to remind you that Preborn is uh, our first was and is our first sponsor. They've been in existence for about 17 years, and they're the, and they're the largest pro-life clinical ministry in the country. Uh, they, it's their business to provide ultrasounds for women who are in pregnancy who are not sure they want to keep those babies. And when the babies are uh, shown to their moms through this technology, almost all the moms, most, over half of them, say, I'm going to keep that baby. And that's why we are so proud to have them as a sponsor, and we are so pleased at your response and your ability and willingness to help. If you have not joined yet or given a donation, uh, or maybe you have and it's time to think about doing it again, go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. And as you know, on Sandy Rios 24-7, you can always call us at 662 
6628212040 that's 6628212040 we have been getting phone calls and i have been listening and we will be playing some of those soon you can email us at sandy at afr.net that's sandy at afr.net you can listen on any podcast platform pick your favorite you can listen at afr.net which is our mothership but you can also go to sandyrios.com, which I think is the easiest way to listen of all. That's sandyrios.com. All right, so uh, sit back and get your pen and paper so that you can make the case to your neighbors on this edition of Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice, not social justice, but God's justice, what's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association, a pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. The asylum system uh, has been and continues to be a jewel of the United States. We take great, great pride as a country in this world to provide humanitarian relief. That gorgeous mosaic of people from across the world who come here to pursue the American dream has been a part of American excellence. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. All right, Sandy Rios with you. This is September of 2023, and we have never seen anything like what we're seeing at our southern border right now. We are being invaded, being invaded. Uh, Illegal immigrants are being sent on open train cars north. They're being flown at night in night flights in huge volumes. Uh, Border Patrol are participating in taking down fences and making ways it is a flood. We've never seen anything like this. The dangers are great, but you have to know about it. We can ignore it. We can Maybe you're not seeing it because you're having your morning coffee or your afternoon tea, whatever you're doing. But trust me, uh, the foundations of this country are being dismantled more rapidly can, than we could have ever imagined. Rosemary Jenks is the director of government governmental relations for Numbers USA. Rosemary is, from my perspective, uh, if not the one of the nation's leading experts on what's been happening on this border for a couple of decades now. And I want to talk to her, and I've asked her to join us this morning. Rosemary, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be with you, Sandy. Uh, How many years of your life have you spent trying to stop this? Uh... Right around 30 years. <laughs> Obviously have not succeeded. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we're going to talk about some of those battles in the past to bring perspective. But right now, from your perspective, how, how can we quantify just how bad it is right now? So um, the month of August hit an all-time high record of 304,162 illegal alien encounters. Um, We've never seen anything like this. Since the Biden administration took over, we're approaching 8 million 
illegal aliens coming into our country. And the vast majority of them have been allowed to stay here. Um, that includes people who are being flown in on these night flights. Uh, it includes people who show up at the border and cross illegally. It includes people who show up at the ports of entry and are given parole, even though they're inadmissible and allowed into our country. Um, and it does not include the known getaways, of which there are an estimated 1.7 million, and it does not include the unknown gotaways, which we have no idea how many there are. So, I mean, the numbers are just staggering. And, of course, we're seeing the effects of this in communities throughout the United States where there are housing shortages, that the shelters are being overrun. Americans, including veterans, are being tossed out of shelters to provide care for illegal aliens. It's insanity. It is insanity, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep talking, but we're gonna lay this thing out. Even we're gonna keep fleshing it out, not just a a broad generalization. It's bad. I want people to have a really good grasp on how bad this is, uh, because we can't. I'm not. I personally don't think we as a country can survive this. You and I've been. You've been saying this for years, and I've been agreeing with you. And we've been working to stop this, but we've never seen anything like this. This is not an overstatement. I heard someone, I was watching, you know, a lot of, um, gathering a lot of information to talk to you today, Rosemary, and I heard someone estimate that we now have as many as 50 million illegal immigrants in this country for various reasons, um, and about how difficult, if indeed we could ever take things back, uh, the difficulty of trying to even get rid of any of them because of the procedures and that's 50 million out of, what, 300 million we are now? Something like that? I'm, I'm not, you know, the numbers are probably really, and I'm putting you on the spot. I don't know if you have a perspective on those numbers. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's as high as 50 million, but, um, you know, we've been, the Census Bureau and, and DHS has been using the, a figure of around 12 million for about a decade now. Yeah, yes. Clearly, it's higher than that because if we're talking about 8 million over the past three years, um, you know, it's definitely higher. But, you know, part of the problem, <clears throat> excuse me, is that we don't know who these people are. You know, we, we know the name that they give us. That's all we know. We know, you know, it's usually they're checked against U.S. criminal databases. But, you know, so far this fiscal year, the CBP has come in contact with 12,659 convicted criminals or aliens with outstanding arrest warrants. That means that they, you know, were trying to, they were crossing the border illegally. They have a, an arrest in the United States. How many of the of the rest of them have arrests in their home countries? How many of them are fleeing, you know, potential prosecution? Well, what do so we know about this year? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, well, go go say, ahead. So far this year, the, we, the Border Patrol has apprehended 154 individuals on the terror watch list. That's up from three in 2020. That's what's happening under this administration. Well, and I talked with a Middle East expert whose name has just escaped me. She's in D.C., and she was a a journalist in the Middle East. 
And she told me recently, she was warning me, this is about terrorist cells already being set up in the United States. Now, that's just one population alone, one category, one genus, one species of people coming across the border. And we know that the Chinese, uh, we have, uh, can you say about, can you tell us, uh, give us any uh, quantifying numbers about how many Chinese, like uh, military age or otherwise, are coming into the country? I don't have numbers on on the totals, but we do know that large groups of military-aged Chinese men have been caught coming across the border, have turned themselves in to the Border Patrol and been released. So, you know, there are a lot of people who say that the vast majority of Chinese who come into this country are under the control of the Chinese Communist Party and report back to them. Um, So... You know, we don't know their purposes, but we know they're coming in very large numbers that we have never seen before. Yeah. Well, first, let me just take a minute to remind you that Christian Health Care Ministries is a a new sponsor, and they are taking enrollment right now uh, for people who are interested in exploring another way of covering your health care costs. Christian Health Care Ministries has been in the business longer than anyone, and it's a way of sharing your resources where, you know, what you pay every month goes into a very large pool of resources that helps people who right now are having medical problems and need that help. And then when you have medical problems, the pool is there for you. I know you understand that concept. Maybe you've never thought about doing that, but it could be that your medical insurance has gone up. The premiums are high. You're not getting great coverage. Uh, I just think it's a good time to explore this. That's what I would recommend if you have any questions at all about what's happening with your own coverage right now. chministries.org slash Sandy uh, is the place to go. chministries.org slash Sandy. You can compare prices. They have three different levels. And I want to remind you, you can keep your own doctor or go uh, to the hospital of your choice. Also, they have telemed. Uh, if you, uh, for any kind of situation you might come across, can be handled in that way. It really is a wonderful resource, and that's why so many people are signing up for Christian Healthcare Ministries. I just wanted to make sure that my audience knew about this as well. It's chministries.org. That's chministries.org slash Sandy. I, I want to, uh, I just was reading this stat from the Washington Examiner uh from just a few days ago, which I know you're, you probably fed them these stats, but I, um, I, I want to make sure I get this right. At the southern border, 181,059 immigrants were arrested after walking around the ports, walking around the ports of entry and crossing in the U.S. 74,000 of this particular group were single adults, 19,000 arrived with a family member, and 13,500 were unaccompanied children. I, uh, each of those, ha- could, you can make a conversation out of each of those, but I do want to ask you, are they still using children to gain citizenship, or is this child trafficking solely? What, what, do, you, what do you think that number of unaccompanied children represents, Rosemary? So they're absolutely still using children to gain access to the United States. Um, and in fact, the, the, it's just a horrifying situation because the cartels are actually recycling children to get adults into the United States. So, you know, in a pretend family unit. So 
everyone around the world knows that if you show up at our border with a child, that you're going to be released into the United States and you're going to get a work permit and you're going to be able to stay for a minimum of six to nine years before any kind of court proceeding happens. And so it's a gamble that people are willing to take and they're willing to send their children. And then a lot of times what happens is if people show up that the cartels really want to get across and they don't have children, the cartels will actually take a child from a family in a stash house or wherever and send it to the Mexican side of the border. And then that child will be have to pose as the child of whichever aliens the cartels want to get across. And then that happens repeatedly. So these children are stuck in, in this nightmare of being recycled by the cartels. And then eventually they'll probably get into the United States and be transferred to HHS custody, Health and Human Services. And then HHS farms them out to anyone willing to sponsor them. They don't have to be a relative. They don't have to know the child. And then these children are being put into forced labor in meatpacking plants and in, you know, construction. And instead of going to school, they're making money to pay the sponsors for their upkeep. That's happening in the United States of America right now. Let's talk about the Biden administration and their complicity with this. We touched on it, Rosemary, but I, there are several things I want to flesh out here. I understand that Biden and his administration offered 500,000 Venezuelan men jobs in the United States if they wanted to come here. That's just one thing. What do you know about that? So the Biden administration has been one of the ways that it's getting around the spirit of our immigration laws is that it keeps upping the temporary protected status for countries like Venezuela. So, you know, they give temporary protected status one month, and that means that anyone who is already in the United States as of that date from whichever country, in this case Venezuela, gets to stay and get a work permit. But then what happens is because these Venezuelans are telling their compatriots back home, hey, we got a work permit, we're allowed to stay, we have legal status now, they all come illegally. And so then you have a, a even bigger population of illegal Venezuelans here. And so Alejandro Mayorkas, the secretary of DHS, decides that he's going to grant temporary protected status again so that everybody who has since come in will also get temporary protected status and a work permit and the ability to stay indefinitely. So they keep doing this over and over with various countries, not just Venezuela. They've done it with uh, Ukraine. They've done it with um, El Salvador and Guatemala and Honduras. And, uh, you know, it's just it's like a rolling amnesty. And it is making a mockery of our immigration laws. And the other thing that's making a mockery of our immigration laws is the, the abuse of parole, because parole is supposed to be used by DHS in extraordinary situations. Like, for example, if uh, someone outside of the United States has a family member in the United States who's about to die, then there isn't time to process a visa for that person so they can be paroled in to be with their family member at death or, you know, stay for the funeral and then leave. That's what parole is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be 
where the Biden administration decides that categories of aliens like Venezuelans or Cubans or Haitians can be paroled into the United States, even though they're inadmissible, in huge numbers. They've promised that they will bring in, uh, they will parole in 360,000 aliens from Cuba, Haiti, Venezuela, um, and one other country that I can't remember at the moment, um, each year. This is completely illegal, but Alejandro Mayorkas describes this as creating lawful pathways. They're not lawful pathways. This is total violation of the law. Well, speaking of a violation of the law, and this one, <clears throat> excuse me, hits home for, uh, well, as though the others didn't, for Americans, I think, in a really a real way. When we go to the airport, and certainly I do that a lot, I uh, have to go through all this security and have to make sure I have an ID. Uh, I get, you know, I have to, you know, be obey. I mean, you're kind of subjected in many ways. I'm, I think things are a little bit better now, but during COVID it was terrible. But we went through protocols and we, you know, did obeisance to people we really didn't like doing obeisance to uh, because of what they were trying to make us do. My point is what we didn't realize and what's happening now is sitting next to us on these flights by the thousands are illegal immigrants flown by our government without any ID, what's any knowledge of who they are, uh, to various cities across the country? And this is not in like small flights. Occasionally, Rosemary, tell us about what's happening there, please. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And guess what? We're paying for it because what's happening is that the Biden administration has decided to use FEMA money to give to nonprofit organizations like, you know, Catholic Charities and others um, to transport illegal aliens around the country. So the illegal alien crosses into the United States, is processed by the Border Patrol, which basically means they give whatever name they want, and they generally, if Border Patrol has time, are fingerprinted and run through U.S. criminal databases. And then they're asked by the Border Patrol, where do you want to go? And they give their answer, and then they are, they're turned over to the NGOs, and they're either bust or flown with FEMA money. So instead of FEMA using its money to, you know, deal with hurricane results and, and other natural, natural disasters, that money is going to transport illegal aliens and provide them food and shelter. One other thing that uh, came to my attention is that illegal immigrants can go online before they come and they can choose the city they want to fly to uh, and, and or go to. I guess it's flying and it's other things too. So they have, they have a choice. It's like a potpourri. And um, I know we know New York is being overrun, Chicago is being overrun, I'm guessing Los Angeles is, but what do we know anything about what other choices of cities they're giving? Can they just, is it just a broad, any place they want to go in the United States? Or are there other just selected cities? Do you know? Um, I think it's basically wherever they can get a, a direct flight to from their home country. And it only this only applies to certain countries, uh, nationals, but they can get on the CBP-1 app and get permission advance permission to come into the United States and then purchase a plane ticket to wherever they can get a plane ticket to uh, and come in, even though they have no right to be here. 
So, yeah, this is part of this abuse of parole. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the, they're going to places where there are jobs. So places with meatpacking plants in the Midwest, uh, places with chicken processing plants in the South, um, and then big cities, you know, where they can get construction work or, or think they can anyway. Um, and, of course, it's making them the most ruckus in places like New York that have uh, that are sanctuary cities, first of all, and that have laws requiring them to house anyone who needs housing, all of a sudden they're having to, you know, reckon with the, the consequences of their policies um, that have drawn illegal aliens to their locations. So, and needless to say, uh, and I don't even think I'm going to go into this right in this moment, but this drives down wages so that people who are here legally, citizens, cannot find jobs. There are limited numbers of jobs. We are already uh, reeling from inflation and costs. This makes jobs harder to get, especially for the uh, – this hurts really the – well, it's going to hurt all of us. I hate to even make this point. But for entry-level workers and people who do hard labor or work work for a living, which I have great respect for people who work for a living, by the way, and I don't like to disparage that category at all. Uh, but it's just – it's terrible. It's terrible. It's so wrong. And I – so, Rosemary, then, um, my understanding is that we – you know, we're like – helping people financially we're giving them money what are we giving what is what are we providing for them financially these illegal immigrants as they come in well it's a little bit unclear because the money is being transferred from fema to these ngos and so the ngos don't have to report what they're doing but basically they're providing as far as we can tell they're providing food they're providing emergency shelter until the alien is transported to his or her destination. Then they're supplying the transportation and they're giving them some kind of cash benefit so that they can get started. Um, But you're absolutely right. This is devastating to the Americans and legal immigrants who can least afford it. The ones who are living paycheck to paycheck, who need low, low income housing and have to compete for resources with illegal aliens. It is completely unfair. It is just a devastating blow to working class Americans. You know, I want to just itemize. I've I've covered, I kind of, but oh, so long ago. I remember talking about these organizations and how they were, this is during the Obama years, how they were setting up, you know, they were getting millions and millions of dollars to build these housing facilities and Uh, schools. And that sounds like a terrible thing coming from me. But the point is, they were using tax, the government was giving tax dollars to these organizations to make it possible, to grease the skids, to grease the wheels and allow more people to come illegally. And I want to just for a second highlight some of these. It's like um, Catholic Charities, Amni and International, Catholic Conference of Bishops, uh, Doctors Without Borders, Episcopal Migration Ministries. Um, I'm just going to Human Rights Watch. Um, the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, the Lutheran Refugee Services. Yeah, World Relief. World Relief, yep. which is an organization I used to know the leadership, Rosemary. They used to be terrific, and they went off the rails like so many have. And, uh, they, you know, they're making money hand over fist. These guys are doing great. But they have yep. expedited and made all of this Possible. Well, I want to go back now for a little bit because uh, 
you know, we've known each other for a long time, but before we even knew each other, I think this stuff started. And I want to, I would really be interesting to know in your, uh, your perspective, where did this problem of release, bringing illegal immigrants into this country, where did it originate when the problem began? Um, That's a great question. And it actually started before my time. So more than 30 years ago. So I can't, I don't have the exact start time of this, but you know, through different administrations, we've had different levels of concern about the border. Um, and in fact, during Bill Clinton's time, we were having a, a what was then called a border surge, but doesn't even compare to what we're seeing today. And he actually started talking publicly about the need to secure the border, build the fence, um, you know, stop catch and release, all of that stuff. And he, he took some steps toward that. And he signed into law the 1996 Illegal uh, Illegal Immigration and Immigrant Reform Act um, that was all about enforcement. And then under um, the in the Obama years, we went into full catch and release mode, and you know the numbers started going up. But here's the problem, Sandy: when you don't enforce the law, you invite more people to break it. We all know this. It's common sense. You know, you don't reward your three-year-old for having a tantrum or you get more tantrums. So the problem is that the Biden administration, more than any other. Now, it, I, somebody said earlier today that, you know, we've never had control of, over our borders. So what's the difference now? And that's, it's actually true. We have never had what is defined as operational control of our borders, where we know everyone who's coming across and they're coming across legally. But we have certainly done a massively better job in the past than we are now. And in fact, in the last year of the Trump administration, we saw probably the most secure border we have seen, at least in my lifetime, um, with the Remain in Mexico program and, and the various disincentives to come illegally. And then President Biden flipped all of that on its head and Every person in the world knows if you can just get to that border, you're home free. And that's what's happening. Because I guess I go back further on this fight than you do. Isn't that funny? Uh, I mean, I wasn't the expert that you were, but I was covering this way back in Chicago. And I did do a couple of things that I know. Um, and I was just searching to see if I could quantify them. I, I do know that Senator Ed Kennedy had a lot to do with this. Uh, and not in a good way, and that there were discussions about how to uh, actually bring in more voters. And there was a decision made. Now, this is going to sound, I don't care what it sounds like, because it's not racist, it's just what happened. They decided to change the countries from which they were allowing immigration. I don't know if that was the, uh, which bill that was, 65, I think, uh, where it would be uh, people from uh, uh, colors, different colors of countries, not Europe. And so that was the first thing. And then I, I know that for a fact. I also know, because uh, they had in mind bringing in more Democrats. And the second thing, first it was a purely political calculation. I, I can't imagine Ed Kennedy wanted to destroy the country like I think some people do now. And then the second thing was Clinton. And I, when I was in Chicago, uh, Rosemary, I remember very well uh, the strategy to bring in as many immigrants as possible. Now, these were not illegal. 
But to bring in as many immigrants and get them sworn in before the election as possible, there was a swearing in in Soldier Field of something, I want to say something like, this may be too many, but the field was filled, like 60,000 people, thousands of people, uh, right before the election so that they would be hurry and be citizens and they could vote. So this strategy to gain votes by bringing in immigrants has been in place for a long time. Um, But um, if I pulled something for you, I want you to hear. Uh, This will bring back uh, quaint memories uh, because this goes back to the Obama years and maybe other years. In fact, I just want you to hear this montage uh, to remember how it used to be. This is clip one. They will authorize some badly needed funding for better fences and better security along our borders. And that should help stem some of the tide of illegal immigration. The American people are fundamentally pro-legal immigration and anti-illegal immigration. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen in recent years, and we must do more to stop it. Uh, I thought you'd like that walk down memory lane, Rosemary. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's interesting, though, Sandy, because 10, 15 years ago, there were Democrats in the House and the Senate who I was working with to write enforcement legislation. You know, they were willing to actually introduce bills to stop illegal immigration. And now there's not a single Democrat who's interested in enforcement legislation, as far as I can tell. And, you know, it's interesting because there are people like people at the Cato Institute say, well, we can control illegal immigration if we just have more legal immigration. But the fact is that as legal immigration increases, so does illegal immigration, because you have more people coming into the United States and saying, oh, hey, it's great here, and contacting their families and friends back home and becoming an anchor for the next wave of illegal immigration. So, you know, you have to come to grips with the fact, as a nation, we must secure our border. That's the first thing we have to do, and we can't get around that. There is, there's no other way if we want to remain a country. And then the second thing is, and you started with this, um, how do we address the huge population of illegal aliens who are in the United States right now? And we're going to have to face that, too. And, you know, the answer cannot be mass amnesty because that's only going to invite more because you're rewarding illegal behavior. This next thing I want to talk to you about, we could do a whole other show on it, and I, we don't have, we can't do that, but we have to talk about this because uh, there is a fight, and I do mean a fight, playing out on Capitol Hill. I think Chip Roy is one of our heroes on this, trying to stop this, trying to stop this. And it, this is not the first fight. I need to just, by way of history, uh, we, we American citizens, rose up against the George W. Bush administration and the Republicans who wanted all of this amnesty, wanted, you know, open borders for business. Uh, we, we slapped them down. You were part of that, I know, right? You were there then. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it, and, and it's happened so many times uh, in stories we could tell. But now we're at a different place. And Republicans have played just as much, I believe, a role in getting us where we are here as Democrats have. Maybe you could argue the quantifying, but 
and they because they wanted free uh, cheap labor. And so yep. uh, there's a there's a battle on the hill right now. Um, and so Rosemary, there's this thing called HR two that the House, the hardliners in the House, the good guys in the House, the good women in the House passed that would secure the border and do all the things we needed to and defund this garbage. Uh, and what's yeah. happened to that? Well, <laughs> um, it passed the House in May. Um, it obviously has not gone anywhere in the Senate. So what is happening now, and this is all still up in the air because nobody's agreed to anything in the House, um, but Republicans are talking about attaching H.R. 2 to a continuing resolution. Um, There are some Republicans who say they will never vote for a continuing resolution, and they can't lose more than five Republicans to get anything passed, so it's unclear if that can pass. But the other thing they're talking about is um, this week they're going to try to pass a rule to debate four appropriations bills, including the DHS appropriations bill, but the rule itself has a provision in it that says that the DHS funding bill can't be sent to the Senate until and unless H.R. 2 is enacted into law. So it's unclear how that would all work out, but, I mean, we can't, Congress cannot just continue shoveling money at the Department of Homeland Security so that it can continue handing out money to illegal aliens and bringing more in. You know, we've got to stop this process. And so if we can, you know, stall DHS funding um, in order to get H.R. 2 passed, that would be great because you're absolutely right. H.R. 2 is the strongest enforcement bill in decades, and it would, in fact, end this border crisis despite the Biden administration's intentions. Do you know where Kevin McCarthy stands on adding that to a CR? Um, He's been fine with it. And he actually, I mean, he was, he and uh, Leader Scalise and Whip Emmer were all fantastic in getting HR2 across the House floor in May. Um, so they have been supportive, but at this point, they'll basically take anything that, that the conference agrees on. Um, so, you know, really, it's the, the Freedom Caucus folks who are driving the conversations right now, which is a good place for us to be in terms of border security. Yes. I want to say that uh, Chip's move, Chip's one man, and it's not just one man, but really he has kind of put waged a one-man battle, is uh, his hashtag is no security, no funding. Hashtag yep. no security, no funding. And he's just been uh, Herculean in his efforts to stop this. I the the point I want to make though, Rosemary, is I I saw him uh, in a debate in committee, or I'm not sure what the body was. A group of Republicans, and I believe that the chairman was Tom Cole. I think I recognized Tom yes. Cole. Uh, anyway, that and he was debating the, the rules committee. Okay, all right. So he was debating. Um, now here I go. This is the the Democratic congressman in Texas who Chip, they have a friendship, but they are on opposite aisles on this. And they were debating. And uh, Chip was making incredible points. And the the Democrat, whose name, I can't think of his name, Hispanic name, uh, was, um, uh, I think, just being a fool, just being foolish. But the thing that really struck me was that Tom Cole thought it was kind of amusing. 
I, oh, I'm enjoying this. I'm going to get some popcorn. I'm going to sit back and listen to this. And I, this, my point is by saying that story is the unseriousness with which yeah. Republicans in leadership have treated this issue, I think is the reason we got here. I don't know how you feel about that. I'd love to know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, some of them, Tom Cole has never been, uh, I mean, he's, he's a cheap labor Republican, Chamber of Commerce Republican. Uh, and there are still some of those, not as many as there used to be, but there are still quite a number of them. Uh, and it's unfortunate because I don't think they care about the impact on the poorest of Americans. And that's what really makes me crazy because you know, if you see illegal immigration as a victimless crime, then you don't have your eyes open. And a lot of these folks feel that that's, that's true, that it is a victimless crime, and it is absolutely not. And until they understand that, we're not going to get through this and fix it. Well, oh, the congressman I was talking about was Henry Quaylar. I just, yeah, so that's who, that's, that's who uh, Chip was debating, the Democrat who lives in Texas who... Uh, Oh, yep. no. Go explain. I can't. Well, uh, in this moment, Rosemary, is there anything people can do uh, to shore up the battle? Yes. Contact your Congress people, your senators. Tell them that they have to secure the border. They need to. If they're going to fund the government, they need to include HR2. Um, use social media to expand the, the use of no security, no funding um, on Twitter. And you know, just be pestering your members of Congress because they have to fix this. And the only tool they have is the funding fight. They cannot get HR2 through the Senate unless they can use funding as leverage. So that's if, what if, I would recommend. If they go to Numbers USA, can they, can they get part, you know, because you guys got to have great activism. So what would they do if they wouldn't work through you? Yes. If you go to NumbersUSA.com, um, we, you'll have to sign up, and then we give you uh, free ways to contact your members of Congress. We'll give you all the information you need and actually an email that you can send to your members of Congress telling them to include HR2 in any funding bill. Um, so, yeah, it's easy, like two clicks, and, and you can have your message sent. Okay, numbers that's USA. what I recommend. That's what I recommend. Go to numbersusa.com and uh, join the effort, and that'll make it easy for you and easy for you in the future to do that. Rosemary? Always a pleasure. Thanks for your yes. hard work and diligence. You're the watchman on the wall on this issue. And so thank you for your time this morning and your time for, of your life poured into this, this issue. <laughs> yeah, so. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. Hi, this is Sandy Rios, back with you on Sandy Rios 24-7. Uh, you know, I was just thinking, can you imagine the number of pregnancies that are coming out of this crisis on the border uh, with the, the little children, young, the, what they call children, you know, are still sometimes girls that can get pregnant. We know that's true, and we know, can you imagine, I know President Trump got in trouble for saying this, but certainly we know that there are wicked people in those cartels and other places who are taking advantage or raping women across that as they cross the border. You know that's true. Can you imagine? 
as a result of that, how many abortions are coming out of that? I mean, I, I, this is, it's just incomprehensible. And I, I just would like to say that preborn is trying to help. And the way they're trying to help, they're trying to help women, and certainly they're trying to save babies. Uh, even so, even in those situations, I realize many people think that rape or a pregnancy in a child is something that is a good reason for abortion. And I know that my stand on this is radical. It's just that it's, it can't, I used to feel that way. But I heard uh, a congressman from Louisiana, representative, years ago, explain why that's um, not the best course. And I would just say, from my exploration and praying and thinking about this, when you think about the fact that you add to the trauma of rape or a child getting pregnant, you add to that the trauma of abortion. And you believe have to believe me, it is a trauma. I don't care what the abortionists say. When you put someone through that after that, I maintain that you just create more shame and more horrible memories. Whereas the difficult process of carrying a child and bringing life can bring redemption to a horrible situation. You can think about that. You don't have to agree with me. You, don't, you can just think about that. But I, I believe that that's really what God would have us do. Nevertheless, not everyone listening to me is in that situation. Uh, and these ultrasounds are a great way for moms to see their babies and change their minds about keeping the baby. I just think it's a wonderful way uh, to respond to this out-of-control killing of babies in their mother's wombs. If you would like to help, go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. I am proud to announce that for the first time ever, Pennsylvania is an automatic voter registration state. That's right. From now on, when you get or renew your driver's license or an ID card at the DMV, you'll be registered to vote unless you choose not to. That happy voice was Josh Shapiro, the governor of Pennsylvania. He's very happy uh, that now they're going to be able to one-stop shopping, register to vote, and uh, as you get your driver's license. And I have to say, something like 15 states around the country are doing this, uh, where you we can register as an illegal for your driver's license. And then, you know, just slip right into the voting arena. If you think that what's happening about the border is an accident or a humanitarian outreach by Democrats and some Republicans, you would be wrong. The idea here is to flip America on its head and to change it into a country, to destroy it, really. Its foundations, its beginnings, its, uh, its traditions, its heritage, and to take power. That's what's happening. And I've asked my husband, Bruce, to join me. Uh, sweetheart, thanks for joining me. That was a lot of information we absorbed from Rosemary, wasn't it? That was a lot of information. I have to say, I am really shot out of a cannon on this issue. Then go for it. Um, you know, the, the old saying about insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same bad result. And I have been hearing about this issue since I was a young, you know, I'm 67 years old. I w- I've been hearing about it for 50 years about the border and how we're, we have to control the border. We have to have a good immigration policy. And it never gets better. It only gets worse. The only time it got better that I can see was when President Trump 
became president, and they had to remain in Mexico, and they actually built the wall. Uh, even Ronald Reagan, he gave amnesty, and we were told, that's it. We're going to build the wall now, and there's going to be no more illegal immigration or very little. That never happened. And so it, I'm watching the U.S. government, in my opinion, facilitate child exploitation, drug dealing, uh, human trafficking, rape, um, child abuse, you name it, because that's what's happening down on that border. Um, you, you, go to, you go to news um, sites, and it's hard to get a true reporting on this. Uh, the, the liberal terms start coming in like this is humanitarian. Um, even the word migrant, we no longer use illegal alien. You know, it's like saying someone, instead of being um, uh, in favor of killing, that they're pro-choice. This is a complete smokescreen, once again, for political reasons. You know, what, what you just said about why this is happening, I, I still have a hard time wrapping my, my arms around that people are intentionally doing this to, to gain power and to ruin our country. You, you always think, well, who's going to benefit from this? But obviously, that is, you that know, is the plan. It's funny you should say it because... Um, <laughs> I got over my innocence on that way back in Chicago because I started, uh, that was my first uh, assignment as a radio host. And as I started to get into these issues on the left, I, I, couldn't, underst- I couldn't understand because the, the left's arguments on all these issues, you could drive a truck through their arguments. And I thought, they're not dumb. No, it's not that they're not that they're dumb. And I would argue with them and argue with them. How can't you see? Why don't you understand? Blah 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 blah. And then I realized, uh, and it's this sounds like a ridiculous response, but honestly, an article changed my whole perspective. It was called. It was an article on the Cloward Piven strategy of manufactured crisis. It was these two hardline leftist professors, husband and wife who devised a plan, and this is a communist plan, but they just made brought it into this century, uh, where you would overwhelm a system in order to take power. And that was the biggest eye-opener I ever had. And then I understood from that point, they're doing, they, the left, the hard left, the communists, the underminers, the insurrectionists, we could say, are doing this on purpose because they really and truly are trying to destroy this country. It is the long march through the institutions. It's a long process of destruction, and they've done a great job, I have to say. Great job. And what really infuriates you is these people that you're just talking about, they hide behind the curtain of, we're doing this for humanitarian (laughs) purposes. These people that are coming here are coming here for economic freedom. They're coming here for their families. That is true for some, but for so many, it's not. And, you know, Think about what's being done to these people that are being brought here. You know, think about if you've ever been traveling on a plane and you get detoured because of weather and you get dumped into an airport in a city where you don't know anybody and they tell you, well, we're not going to have a flight for another day, um, so you're on your own. I mean, even with all the economic resources we have and you're in a, you're in a safe airport and that, don't you feel vulnerable? It's like, my gosh, I'm, I'm stranded here. <laughs> now, take, take that and put it into 
you come here from one of these Central American countries, and maybe you don't know anybody, you've been brought here by cartel members who've extorted you, who have maybe abused you. If you're a woman, they may have raped you. Um, if, if you're a child, they may have you carrying drugs. Whatever their purpose is for bringing you here, because believe me, the cartels are not bringing you here for a humanitarian purpose. They're bringing you here to make money. And they're either going to make their money by getting you to pay to get you here, and or once you get here, you're still paying them money because now you're going to go to work for them because maybe you didn't have the money to pay in full to get you here, but you know what? You're going to work here and pay it to them. And guess what you're going to be doing? If you're a woman, you may be going into prostitution. If you're a child, you heard Rosemary explain how these children are being used as pawns. You know, they're being, as she said, recycled. They come across the border, then they're taken back to Mexico and used again to bring people in. If that is not the, you know, if that is not the definition of child abuse, I don't know what is. And our government is facilitating it. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's so wrong on so many levels. And I want to remind you, uh, it's true that as you're listening to this, and in the days uh, to come in this next week or so, uh, we still have a window of time. And I do think Numbers USA, go to Numbers USA and sign up and be part of uh, communicating uh, to your feckless reps what they must be doing, what they need to do. I have to tell you, I'm in touch with some of them. I've been encouraging them, encouraging them. They are fine people. They're spending hour after hour after hour trying to save our country, and we cannot leave them on the field alone. I want to say, uh, as we close here, I want to bring other perspective. And please don't take this as, uh, now we don't need to do anything, because that's not what I'm saying. If I were to just share what I think is happening here, I do know this, I always know this, that God does not waste these kinds of crises. Uh, he is at work in the midst. He's quickening some of those immigrants, some of those criminals. He's doing miracles that we'll never know about. Uh, I would be a liar. I wouldn't even ever deny this. I, Bruce and I have encountered and met so many people who we know are here illegally, who've been a real blessing to us, uh, who've enriched our lives. Uh, that's also true. Don't confuse that with the fact with this is all right, because it's not all right. Because the bigger picture of it, it is destroying our country. You can love individuals and have mercy on individuals and feel just God's love uh, and express it to them. Uh, I think we should, absolutely, that's what we're called to do. But you can still feel and stand and fight against this policy because guess what? It's going to destroy your children's future. It's going to destroy their safety and security and their ability to ever have any kind of a free life. And for that reason alone, you need to fight while we can. Yes, I know God may likely be bringing judgment on this country. I know that. But we don't know for sure. God's mind often can be changed when his people repent. Uh, so for right now, what we do is we operate in what we know. And we know that what we just heard laid out here is wrong. It's wrong. And so while we can fight, we have to go to Numbers USA and do that. 
Um, I want to thank my sponsors, Preborn, Preborn Network Clinics, you know, has been rescuing babies left and right, and you have been helping them, and thank you for that. Go to preborn.com slash Sandy to continue that help. Also, Christian Healthcare Ministry is still swinging away to provide for you some great coverage for your medical needs at chministries.org slash Sandy. I want to remind you, you can write us at Sandy at AFR.net. You can call us at 662-821-2040. And you can find us everywhere. Go to SandyRios.com if you want a quick way to do that. Thanks for listening. Sweetheart, thanks for joining me. Glad to be here. We'll be with you next time on Sandy Rios 24-7.